Blog Talk Radio. Probably what eight o'clock, but you still have time to listen to it because we are the best. This is the Pancakes and Power Slams one seventy seven. We're here forever. You're not going to get rid of us no matter how hard you try. And if you do try to get rid of us, just don't listen to us because we don't want you to get rid of us. And if you do, you're gonna have a lot of problems on your hands because Chris and I know a lot of people. That's right. That's absolutely right. And I'm a big guy who lifts a lot of weights a lot of the time. So I, uh, I'm i just saying. I'm just dirty. saying. I yes, fight dirty. He, he fights dirty, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Be, before we uh, – check this out. We have a whole lot of SummerSlam trivia tonight. As a matter of fact, I know people listen to us via Twitter uh, and other streams. But if you're listening to us live right now and you're not on We Are Wrestling, WAWNation.com, if you can, it's okay. You know, I understand if you can't. If you're just uh, uh, Twitter, if you're if you're listening to me via Twitter and you, you you can't do it, but I I prefer if you can tonight to go over to WAWNation.com because we're going to have loads of trivia fun. We're actually going to hopefully someone who's already in the uh, the the stream the, the comment uh, board uh, will be the resident scorekeeper 
because we are going to have, uh, and, and this is how much I love wrestling. Of course, you all know I absolutely love professional wrestling. I've been saying it for 177 weeks. And so, but one other thing you know is I love wrestling trivia. I love wrestling trivia. And someone, uh, I talked to some people, and uh, I've had people say create an app for it, which would be really cool. But I don't know, man. I think I might write a book or something like that about just random wrestling trivia or something. I don't know. But I love wrestling trivia. So today, the past two days, I literally wrote six pages. And I'm not talking about just like small pages or even the standard eight and a half by 11. But I wrote six of the tablet pages, the tablet size pages full of strictly SummerSlam trivia from 1988 till last year. So I'm excited about it, and we are going to have one big old trivia fest tonight. Uh, so I, I'm incredibly excited. And again, we need a scorekeeper, and uh, I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to judge by the difficulty of the question, how much the points will be worth. So I'll say uh, the the amount of the points before I pose the question, before I say the question, and then we'll go from there. Hopefully that sounds like fun. I know it sounds fun to me. And so we are going to do such. Real quick, I got a request on how I thought, what I thought about the uh, G1. Uh, rave reviews on it. Kudos to uh, Tanahashi defeating Nakamura in the finals. I, I you know, I'm, I've said it many times. I'm, I'm an Okada guy. Uh, he was, he was uh, in the, he, he was leading on, on one of the. Um, <clears throat> The, the the wings I guess you can say or, or one group uh, he was leading for a, for a long part of the time um, for a number of days Okada was uh, was was leading and I was thinking Okada would win but uh, Tanahashi had different uh, he had he, he had he had different ideas he had, he had a, he had a different plan so but you know Tanahashi is one of the legends of new japan pro wrestling and uh yeah i i certainly recommend everyone checking out that uh tanahashi and nakamura match and uh, that is my thoughts on g1 climax 25 absolutely six pages of trivia all right here you go ready here we go the the first trivia question is coming up right quick. Let me get my stuff together and get ready. Uh, the flavor of the week before we go on to tough enough, uh, we are going to talk about. There's been a number of intercontinental title changes at SummerSlam, and I've watched every single SummerSlam uh, since the very first one in '88. And it's funny when you watch them, you really don't realize over the years there's been so many. Intercontinental title changes, and we're going to talk about that at Flavor of the Week. So, very, very interesting. Uh, real quick, just just for you to chew on before we get to the close of the show with the Flavor of the Week, 
the first out of the first seven years of SummerSlam, six of them, the Intercontinental title change hands. And that isn't that crazy? That's very interesting. Out of the first seven years, the first seven years of SummerSlam from '88 to '94, seven SummerSlams. Out of those seven SummerSlams, six of them, the Intercontinental title changed hands. So, very very interesting there. Uh, and then from '97 to 2002, that was another string of changes of the Intercontinental Championship. From the that was another six straight years that the Intercontinental title changed hands. So it's it's very interesting because there's been uh, I, I'm I'm okay with the uh, resurgence of the Intercontinental title. They're trying to do something with it, uh, but over the past few years, and of course we've talked on the show many times that. You know, the the Intercontinental t- title has <laughs> the legacy has been struggling uh, the past few years. But uh, just to just to know something like that is very very interesting. So we'll be back with Tough Enough, and then uh, of course we're going. I mean, get ready. We're going to be asking SummerSlam trivia questions all night long. I hope someone's keeping score, uh, and we are going to we're going to make it happen and have so much fun. We'll be right back. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. Uh, Question real quick. Was it changed to a baby face the majority of the times? Interestingly enough, uh, the the first seven years... We, uh, I said uh, out of the first seven years, six of them were title changes. All of them were baby faces. How about that? Very interesting. And I said another string, six years of the title changing. Uh, and out of those six years, uh, there were, it was half and half. Face, face, heel, face, heel. Okay, so... 60-40, I suppose, on the babyface side. So, uh, face, face, heel, face, heel, face. That's from 97 to 02. So, yeah, very interesting stuff. So, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I am ready. I hope you are ready, and I hope, once again, someone is keeping score this is a nice little icebreaker here. Only a one-point question. Now, every trivia question is worth something. Uh, this is a nice icebreaker. One-point trivia question. Who won the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 1997? Of course, nice little icebreaker question there. Only one point, so there you go. Tough enough tonight. All right, so Tanner Tanner leaves. Uh, I think out of all of I think out of all of the five contestants, I think Tanner uh, is the one that should have went without question. Of course, the females weren't eligible to be eliminated this week because they're saving the suspense for the finals next week. Uh, but they definitely did stir up the pot very very much. 
And so, yeah, it's very, uh, very interesting there that they, they, they did what they did as far as stirring the pot up. And I checked out the Tough Talk as well while I was at the gym. And I was, I was seeing how Amanda is trying. It just seems like she's trying to save face now, uh, because, um, yeah, <laughs> she, she wants, she wants that contract, and she has a a heelish, you know, mentality to her. But the thing is, she's more of a natural here. Like people legitimately don't like her, so. That's that's the very interesting part, and you know, Sarah Sarah she's she's a likable person, she's the likable diva, and what's so crazy is that on Tough Talk, uh, Amanda was talking about how much Sarah, you know, she was she tries to play the good girl, the girl next door, blah blah, and she used the term <laughs> she used the term ring rat. And me knowing what that term is, like I said before, uh, there's a lot of people who are, I mean, you know, there's there's people who I interview on the show that I still keep in contact with. We'll, we'll hit each other up and see how each other's doing on Facebook or Twitter or text. And, uh, yeah, I know what that term means. I know what the term ring rat means. And when she said that term, I don't know if she meant it for what it really means in wrestling lingo. But when she said the term ring rat, I said, whoa, that's, uh, that's pretty, that's pretty low there as far as, uh, uh trying to get in Sarah's mind as, as she kept saying. So, when she said that term, I was I was very shocked and surprised that she would say that. So, very interesting there. Uh, and I and I'll say this though, I I like ZZ. I've said that every week, man. But I might be turning a corner a little bit, and it seems like the WWE universe is doing the same. I really like Josh, man. I, I just think that josh is the guy you know and I, and I shared this with a colleague i said uh i still want zz to win because if zz does not win i don't see him winning a contract i don't see him uh earning excuse me earning a contract in the wwe if zz's done if he's second place he's done he's second place he might as well you know, claw and scratch in the Indies for a number of years before he gets an opportunity to come back anywhere as far as television is concerned. However, if Josh is runner-up, there's no doubt to me that he'll be in the WWE incredibly fast. I mean, he might as well, if Josh is second place, you might as well have two first-place winners. If Josh is in first place, He's going to be a definitive first place because ZZ's not going to step foot in WWE anytime soon. But I like ZZ. I like the charisma. I like the gator grip. I like, you know, how they're f- forming his character. He's he's a young kid. You know, he's a young kid with just a uh, God, you know, God willing, uh, just a lifespan of opportunity in pro wrestling. Yeah, he's. Uh, you know, not as disciplined as he is and with working out, 
But listen, I'm I'm a certified personal trainer. I've seen people not want to work out or complain about working out the first, you know, couple months and then they start to see results and then they're like, "Oh, man, I'm really getting into this. I'm really uh, it's a start I'm starting to see the change. I'm starting to see the change in my face. I'm starting to see the, see the change in my belly. I'm starting to see the change just uh, in my in my pants size and my shirt size. So when they it's it's when they get that that actual real-time feeling is when the mind starts working as well and they, and they don't want to leave the gym. So I I'm not going to knock I'm not going to knock ZZ for that. I'm not going to knock ZZ for, you know, not being as disciplined to to partake of a lifestyle, whereas Josh and Tanner, they're used to hitting the gym. They're used to being, you know, sleeping in the gym, so to speak. So I'm not going to knock ZZ for that. I think there's a bunch of time and development for ZZ. I, I just want ZZ to win just because if he does, We'll be seeing ZZ and Tanner. I was thinking about how would I be able, how, how how would I, if I was a booker, how would I integrate both of them in an NXT storyline? I would have, I would have Josh either team up or feud with Baron Corbin because they're they're very similar in size. Um. Maybe, maybe Josh, you know, maybe they set Josh versus Corbin up for like an NXT takeover. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I would protect Josh's weaknesses and I would just have him squash a couple people, you know, along the way, a couple heels and then book Josh versus or the Yeti or whatever you want to call him. There's already been a wrestler named the Yeti, but I guess we're supposed to forget that. But the Yeti versus Baron Corbin for an NXT Takeover event. Of course, uh, Josh puts over Corbin, but there there's his opportunity. As far as ZZ, you know, Bull Dempsey for for a, a while they had you know his, this this angle going on where he would wrestle people and run around the ring and, and go out of breath. So eventually, you know, Dempsey gets to the point where his cardio is getting better. He can keep running around a ring and running around a ring. And eventually he kind of mentors and he has CZB as protege. So throughout NXT events, throughout NXT, you know, on the WWE Network, we show a cardio evolution, so to speak, with ZZ, uh, with uh, because of the mentoring of Bull Dempsey. So those are the you know just creatively those are the two things that I just pictured uh, actually tonight while I was at the gym. So uh, that those are two ways that I could see uh, either of them kind of being assimilated into uh, the fiber of uh, of booking so to speak but i like both of them uh to me as far as the females are concerned i think it's a clear cut a clear cut sarah uh i like sarah a lot and uh she she has something different she kind of has that aj lee feel that uh, is la- is missing in the wwe whereas amanda to me again i've said this before 
Amanda is so much like Dana Brooke to me. It's it's ridiculous. It's so funny that she was Dana Brooke was one of the trainers uh, this week, or one of the assistants, I guess you can say. But if I had a choice, it would be ZZ and Sarah for me. And I can't uh, I can't spoil on that. I watched uh, Tough Enough tonight, and Tanner to me always seemed like I mean he's a prima donna. I mean whether you like it or not, that's what the guy is. Not that you'll never see him again because he does have a he does have a skill. Josh has a great skill. ZZ's got a way to go, but I can see everyone loves it and they're sympathetic for him. And let's get this corn fed whatever you want to call him alligator wrestling guy go. And uh, with Sarah, I do like Sarah more than Amanda. Amanda seems like, oh, she's a pure diva, that she would be so great for that role. She would be, so that's what makes it kind of sour for me. Sarah, still don't know too much. She likes to smile a lot. Booker T hates that. But overall, the, uh, they hit it on the head tonight. And you got Josh. I'm not going to be surprised if Josh wins over ZZ. But like, kind of like you said, ZZ is going to have a bigger mountain to climb if he doesn't win this. And so, and Josh could probably spend a few times, a little bit of time in the Indies, but NXT is probably going to pick him up. Even Ring of Honor, whoever else will be around at the time. So, it's, you know, aside from the judges, which we both can't really stand or won't even want to talk about, the contestants, I've got it. They, Sarah and ZZ should be the winners. It looks clear cut to be that way. Josh, I wouldn't be surprised if he stole the crown from ZZ, but. Yeah, it was a better episode this week. Um, just judging on the face, that Tanner was—he's—he's he's skilled. He's prolific with what he can do, but again, he's—he's he's kind of this. I'm better than everybody else when he first started, and everybody wants to see that yeah. guy crash. Absolutely, we're very, very well said there. Um, yeah, I—I um, I agree. I think it was—I think it was one of the better episodes. It wasn't a lot of stuff going on. It wasn't a lot of just you know, uh, surprising finishes or anything like that. No ridiculous saves. And even Daniel Bryan said, I think it was a tough talk that he was talking about how, you know, he, when he likes Tanner, he wanted to save him. But if it wasn't for, uh, the, the fans, he wouldn't have made event at WrestleMania. So, um, you know, I think that that's the best logic that you could possibly have. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can't you can't say anything uh, about that. So I definitely have to give Daniel Bryan. You know, I think he's been the most. It's it's funny because Miz is older than Daniel Bryan is, uh, but he seems. <laughs> but Daniel Bryan seems a lot more mature than than uh, than the Miz is. But yeah, it was it's very interesting. So, uh, yeah, real quick, uh, I think I think I said Edge was a heel at the yeah no Edge was not a heel. He beat Lance Storm uh, in two thousand one. So uh, that's when they had the invasion, the invasion era, and uh, Edge represented uh, WWE and defeated uh, Lance Storm. And uh, Lance Storm is from uh, let's see. Uh, he's from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. <laughs> Good old landstorm. Uh, but yeah, if you go to uh, com, the definition of a ring rat is posted on uh, very broadly and very uh, eloquently 
on the uh, on the page there on the live stream. Uh, so yeah, if you want to know what the ring rat means, yeah, go check that out. But uh, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to call someone a ring rat. That is a very very bad <laughs> term to call someone. Yes. All right. So let's go. Here is a here is a one point question. I don't think this is a, a very uh, very high skill level question as well. Who was the main event? What was the main event? What was the main event of SummerSlam 1993? What was the main event of SummerSlam 1993? All right. So let's get to Raw. We will get to Raw here. And we will start off with... Guess who? Guess who starts off raw? Um, as always, the, Matt Taven, as we we talked about uh, before. Uh, there's only a few, one of a few people that starts off uh, raw, and uh, pretty much had that. Uh, this week was the Authority with uh, Shawn Michaels uh, with <laughs> with with Triple H, uh, and not not Shawn Michaels. Uh, I'm reading Shawn Michaels' book currently. And I'm almost done with it. Very interesting. But uh, it's Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And I'm like, okay, so basically you had so many weeks to build SummerSlam. So the go-home show, I mean, it it just seems like oops written all over that segment. Like, it just, it just appears as if... They they were so just indecisive of the, what they wanted to do with certain people. I know I know of course Sheamus had the concussion with the uh, with the reported concussion, and so that was up in the air. Cena's nose, you know whether he could come back. That was up in the air too. So I know that there were some. I mean whether they wanted to use Sting or not. That was up in the air. Whether Ziggler was going to come back uh, from his film was up in the air. So I, I get it. But my thing is this. There were some there were some people that was still, you know, the there was there was a lot of opportunity to really lock in matches. And I've said this before. So basically you start off the go-home show to Raw, giving the viewers the card for the second biggest not of the year, so you know I wasn't a big fan of that. I would if all of those were locked in and ready to go weeks before, and you're just kind of hyping us up. That would be one thing, but it wasn't that. It was more like, hey, just to guys, you know, just to let y'all know, here's the card for SummerSlam, and then of course they did the John Stewart announcement. I'm I'm fine with John Stewart. You know, there, there's certain people who have been guest hosts and things like that, that I'm like, you don't, why are you even stepping foot in anything regarding WWE at all ever? And there's certain people that I can, you know, I can say that, you know, this person, you can tell this person actually likes watching the product, that likes watching wrestling. And I think John, it seems like John Stewart is one of those people. So I'm cool with that, but it was pretty, it was, Pretty much a lousy opening segment that uh, could have been spared if we actually had a good build over the past few weeks. 
It was horrible opening, and I even said that last night when I was watching it. Like they don't need to advertise all this though. Everybody knows what the the main card is. You're killing time because you got nothing else to say. You got nothing else to do. I mean, it's making it four hours. I mean, it's like you're really pulling now. You're really stretching for something. Yeah, we know Lesnar and the Undertaker want to go against each other, and all the other matches on the card. We know that because we tune into you every week. We know what's going on. And it's so, it was a cheap attempt to really buy time. And it's, honestly, it was, like I said, I mean, Raw last night was kind of a snoozer. And the opening just made it that way. When you're just grasping for whatever you can get. Just say, hey, this is a card, this is a card. And it takes you 15 minutes to tell us that. Okay, we get it. Let's get on with the action. John Stewart, I'll take that. A, because they're, honestly, earlier he had a little run-in of Seth Rollins before uh, WrestleMania, I believe. And uh, John Stewart will almost be like a Regis Philbin. Because <laughs> I remember Regis Philbin always had wrestlers on the show. And he was even a guest coach at WrestleMania. And uh, I honestly think John Stewart's going to bring a lot to the show, especially with him just leaving the Daily Show. And he's and the character of John Stewart himself will fit in well with WWE. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited that. That was the best. That was the only thing I got from that opening segment. Yeah, exactly. Of course, yes, you, uh, Luger versus Yoko Zuna. My Yoko Zuna. That is uh, absolutely correct. The next one is a one-point question. Who were the participants of the jailhouse match at SummerSlam 91? Who were the participants of the jailhouse match at SummerSlam 91, Regis for Hall of Fame. Hmm, I wouldn't mind that at all, actually. Um, all right, here we go. The next we have Randy Orton and Cesaro defeating Sheamus and Kevin Owens. Now, Orton and Cesaro, in whatever type of mixture you liked them, uh, two, you know, a tag team match or even uh, the six man they've had before. They tend to win against Sheamus and Owens and whoever else. So, I don't know, man. Of course, we got SummerSlam predictions coming up here soon uh, at the end of the show as well. I don't want to. I don't want to give a prediction away uh, yet, but I'll say this: with Orton beating Sheamus a lot, uh, you might have a little something going on uh, at at SummerSlam. I'm not quite sure if I'm 100% sold on that. I think I am. But I'll say that at the end of the show. But, uh, yeah, Orton and Cesaro winning. I don't know if that necessarily spoils the outcomes of their matches at SummerSlam, but it might be inevitable. It might be an omen to what we might see on Sunday. Uh, yeah, probably. You know, Arco A and Cesaro, they make, they make a great team together. Sheamus and Owens just kind of dropped the ball last night. Again, it wasn't that, it was kind of a lackluster raw. But, I mean, if Arco A, RKO and Cesaro, Cesaro really needs to be pushed to the forefront, and they keep trying to do that. Randy Orton could probably help him with that, give him a better push. Maybe, maybe not. It's kind of tough to say, but as far as SummerSlam goes, it's probably just going to be a repeat of what we saw on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. Correct answer is the Mountie versus the Big Boss Man. 
the Mountie versus the Big Boss Man. All right, this one is a two-point question. I hope someone's keeping score. Uh, two-point question. Who was the special guest referee of the Bret Hart versus Undertaker match at SummerSlam 97? Who was the special guest referee of the Bret Hart versus Undertaker match at SummerSlam 97? Next, we get Roman Reigns defeating Luke Harper. Uh, listen, I've I've talked to people who aren't Roman Reigns fans at all, and throughout the months they've said that they're you know they're they're starting to not dislike Roman Reigns as much and getting to the point where they can actually respect his work. On Raw is another case. This match was the best match of the night. I had someone who was not a Roman Reigns fan at all say that this was the best match of the night and was and painfully admitted that Roman Reigns is coming around and starting and 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 actually improving drastically in the ring this year. And I and I you know, I've been the Roman Reigns apologist all year long and watching matches like this will continue for me to have be a Roman Reigns apologist. It was a solid match. It was a very good, solid match. It told a story, and it wasn't like any, you know, dry, it wasn't, you know, dry spots and we're just getting bored. It was a very good crescendoed storytelling match, and it was solid, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. The match was great, and just the, you know, he's about to do the, uh, tornado clothesline. He gets hit with a Superman punch, and you know he gets a spear. It, it was it was a good match. I really liked it. It was a really good solid match, and for both of them, you know Harper's Harper's uh, amazing in the ring. Uh, so that that goes without saying. But they work well together, and they did very a very good job. And no more carrying crap. You know, Roman Reigns is holding his own, and he's showing it more now more than ever. And I think that, uh, you know, it's to the point where, you know, if people are saying that Roman Reigns can't wrestle at this point, it's like you're just, you're a very bad troll. I mean, basically that's that's what it comes down to. You're you're more of a delusional troll if you're saying Roman Reigns has not improved whatsoever and it's it's gotten to the point now where people just have to and I've, and I've talked to people i've talked to people who are not roman reigns fans i've talked to many people who are not roman reigns fans whatsoever but they have to admit that roman reigns has won you know has won them over when it when it comes to improvement so kudos to that match i was very impressed with that match and uh if this match was an indication of what we're going to see on Sunday, I think this tag team match is going to be great. Yeah, I had the same thing. It was a, and no, I don't think anyone I've never said Roman Reigns can't wrestle. The guy's he's got a palate that's just absolutely phenomenal. With the whole conspiracy of him winning at WrestleMania and blah blah blah, you know he didn't win. I'm I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that. That's great. 
the guy has talent. He's got charisma. With him and Harper last night, I mean, to me, I was watching, you know, Ambrose and Bray Wyatt on the outside for the most part, just, you know, going back and forth and you know, what's going to happen with that. But that was a great lead-up to uh, what's going to happen this Sunday at WrestleMania, or I should say WrestleMania, SummerSlam, because and it's, that's probably going to almost steal the card other than Lesnar and Brock, or Lesnar and Undertaker. So I'm just... It was a good addition to Raw. It was kind of early for in the Raw three-hour show that you know all this took place. But again, just everything going around it, I think it's going to be an awesome, solid pay-per-view match. And I'm really looking forward to that particular match in general. And Roman Reigns is always going to put on a great show like he always does. You don't expect any less. Absolutely. And I'm still holding on by a thread. And the thread might be very, very small, but I'm holding on by a thread that we might get an appearance by some guy whose last name rhymes with Gordon. I'm just saying. And we might, you know, we may not, but I'm holding on by a thread that Mr. Rhymes with Gordon is going to come out and uh everybody's going to mark out again. So I'm just going to hold on to that and uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes. Hopefully not. Uh, you know, hopefully not towards the part that he doesn't. And again, he's going to be there that weekend. Why would you fly him from Texas to New York to sign autographs the night before, the day before, and not bring him on the the, the pay per view? I just come on, do it, do it for the fans. Bring in Mr. Rhymes with Gordon. Just do it. Next question, one-point question. Who won the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 1990? Who won the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam 1990? All right, so next we have Becky Lynch defeating Tamina. And real quick, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. But one of the matches scheduled is uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte versus uh, Emma versus Dana Brooke in a four-way, which is quite weird because you've got Team PCB competing on SummerSlam the following night, and it just doesn't make any sense. That match doesn't make sense at all. If now, if you were doing a tag match with Becky and Charlotte against Emma and and, Din, and Dana Brooke, that would make more sense. But why are you doing a four way? Why are you having Becky Lynch and, and Charlotte compete against each other? It just doesn't doesn't make any sense at all. But I but on a good note, I am looking forward to Apollo Cruz, which is such a horrible name from Uha Nation. That that name is so marketable, but uh, Apollo Cruz, like Apollo Cruz, sounds like the WWE version of Austin Creed or Consequences Creed to me. When Xavier Woods was Consequences Creed uh, in TNA, that he had that living in America, you know, uh, Apollo Creed, Rocky, you know, style gimmick to him. And I, uh, I just Uha Nation is such an amazing wrestler, and 
it's like I've watched a bunch of his his matches, and his move set is so amazing. His move set reminds me of a he's like a bigger version of Neville. Like his a lot of his move sets he does the he does like the standing moves moonsault, and he does a lot of aerial moves. Uh, he has this really sick power bomb that's uh, hopefully I can get a gif on uh, the live stream if if I can, if I can. But I, he's he's amazing in the ring. But Apollo Cruz, come on, man! It just doesn't make any sense at all. And I really hope that. Uh, yeah, I, I really I, I really hope that they they decide to to change that name somehow. If he makes a heel turn and say my name's not Apollo Cruz or something like that, I, I just don't understand. Uh, Texas Tornado, Kev, uh, Kerry Von Erich is the correct answer. But, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Becky Lynch winning her first uh, Raw match against Tamina. Uh, great. And I've said it before, I know, Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is my choice. She's my choice to be, you know, the future of the WWE. She's so much like Lita to me, just a spunky type of feel to her. I've liked Lynch from the very beginning, and uh, yeah, I, I think that she's amazing. Of course, Charlotte is, you know, like I said, she's the heir apparent to be one of the best uh, in the WWE, but if I had my choice, it would be Becky Lynch just because she just exudes Lita, and uh, she she's she's very charismatic to the fans, and She's she's more relatable. She's more relatable to the fans. Just a everyday spunky girl that's uh, is a pro wrestler, and people can relate to her. So I, I'm really big on Becky Lynch, and I definitely hope that uh, she's just not lost in the shuffle with this Divas Revolution. And with the Divas Revolution, Becky Lynch is I mean the whole revolution itself. Charlotte Lynch, it's. Almost like they're kind of pushing the divas out. It's almost becoming yesterday's news, which is I absolutely love. Uh, let's make the divas division something so much better. Let's drop the divas name. We're tired of it. That just screams Kardashian, Paris Hilton crap. So I don't want to see when I watch professional wrestling. So I just hope this revolution is just going to keep pushing itself to where, I mean, it's going to actually bring in women that can really throw down and not just be pretty pinup dolls. Because that's what I want to see on Monday Night Raw. That's why I watch wrestling. And it's Becky Lynch, Charlotte themselves. Lynch, to me, almost has an AJ feel that, like you said earlier, we just don't have anymore. And with, with the Divas division, we haven't had anything good for almost three, four, or five years. So let's, uh, let's bring in the revolution. I still want to keep an open mind about it because I think it's going to be something awesome with wrestling. They, they've got nowhere else to go but up. And if they keep going, they've been down to the bottom they can go with the Divas, and I, I can kind of see an upturn coming, finally. Yeah. Speaking of Divas, who won the Divas? Two-point question. Who won the Divas Championship at SummerSlam 2014? And who did she defeat? Whom did she defeat? Who won the championship, and whom did she defeat? Two-point question there. Next step of the Divas Revolution is to bring back the Women's Championship. Absolutely. Get rid of that butterfly title. 
<laughs> just just that you know it's like if he if anybody remembers how awful Jeff Hardy's heel title looked in TNA, it was it was one of the worst looking championships I've ever seen in my life. And I do random research all the time for wrestling, and I do. And one of the random researches I've done before was to look at titles from 40 years ago. And I remember the uh, <laughs> the U.S. Championship in the Mid South was the the one that Flair and, and Steamboat had was actually the the United States plate on a <laughs> on a uneven looking strap that was the actual plate and although it was probably weird uh, to to it was probably just weird to 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 wear and and then probably initially weird to to see it was actually there was some coolness to it just a plate of the United States on a, on a strap so you know that wasn't the one of the best looking ones, but I, it was definitely unique. But Jeff Hardy's uh, smoking skull version of his uh, TNA World uh, Championship was just atrocious. It was such a horrible, horrible looking championship. And uh, when Kennedy won it, he disbanded, uh, or Mr. Anderson rather, when he. He disbanded it and uh, threw it away and, and tossed it basically when and brought back the older one. But TNA has some good belt designs, but that that title was just oh, I mean it was talk about your eyesore. There it is right there. Check out uh, wawnation.com. It, it was basically uh, Jeff Hardy's belt should have been called the eyesore heavyweight championship uh or or the world eyesore championship it, it was so bad it was such a bad looking title and and the butterfly championship to be honest with you is not much different it's it's really not much of a different championship it, it's it's really tough to to look at uh many many times so the women's championship was a little bit more Elite. It was more. Uh, it, it was more aspiring. It was. It was more. It. It was more. It, it was one of those things that people just wanted to have. It looked good on on the divas, and it looked like a really a prestigious looking championship, as opposed to the butterfly championship. So, Rusev defeating Mark Henry next. Uh, I tell you, I just. This seems like a broken record. This seems like every week we're talking about how bad Mark Henry is getting just buried and buried and buried by the WWE. The guy's been wrestling for the company for 19 years, and this is what we get from from Mark Henry. I just, I totally, I just totally don't understand. Why? First of all, all of a sudden he's. I understand last year when they were, you know, he was feuding against Rusev. I get it. He was just, you know, the Patriot guy and and wearing, you know, his World's Strongest Man American style gear. I get it. 
But it's like, man, it's really tough to see just the multiple gimmick changes that Mark Henry has by the week. Please do away with Mark Henry, not because I don't like him, because I, I like Mark Henry a lot, but because they are just burying him. It's like it's it's like it's to the point where, uh, like two years ago, if if Mark if if Mark Henry would have retired two years ago, he would have had like just just almost automatically in the Hall of Fame. But he's been buried the past couple of years so badly that he might even miss the ticket. Like he he might miss the boat of ever being in the Hall of Fame. Although I think that he should be. He wrestled for almost 20 years in the WWE, won multiple titles, and broke, you know, barriers of of just really world title contender African Americans. But nowadays, it's really even hard to even consider him as being a Hall of Famer based on his uh, his resume as of late. It's it's been so hard to watch Mark Henry every week. It's been horrible to watch him, and he hit the nail on the head. A couple years ago, if he had retired, Hall of Fame, definitely. It's almost like, what does that make for Rusev for beating him? Nothing. It does nothing for anyone who's going against Mark Henry. I could go up against Mark Henry next week on Raw, and if I beat him, so what? Just, nobody's <laughs> going to care. It's all it's just this skinny white kid from Columbus, Ohio. Big deal. Mark Henry just needs to... Retire, be done with it. And it's like you said, he almost missed his mark. I don't know if he's going to be Hall of Fame bound now. If it is, it's going to be maybe 10, 12 years down the road. I love Mark Henry. I always have. He's been a staple at WWE, but I mean, again, there's like no point. And Big Show's almost at that point as well, where it's like a Big Show comes out, he's going to get squashed. He's going to get beaten horribly. Doesn't matter. And again, that it does nothing for Rusev or anyone that goes against Mark Henry. Mark Henry's a throwaway. He's a the Brooklyn brawler. Oh goodness, sad but true. <laughs> oh, episode one hundred seventy-seven. Mark Henry was compared to the Brooklyn brawler, but sadly, I cannot refute that right now. I can't. I, I just can't refute it. Unfortunately, who managed Shawn Michaels? One point question: Who managed Shawn Michaels when he faced Vader at SummerSlam '96? who managed Shawn Michaels when he faced Vader at SummerSlam 96. All right, so next we got uh, Lana calls uh, out Summer, slaps her and gets uh, cornered by Rusev. Ziggler returns and uh, makes save. Um, You know, this makes sense for Ziggler to come back, but... If I can be honest, which I am, you know, all the time, especially I don't pull any punches here at the Pancakes and Power Slam show, I don't care about this match. I mean, Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev. That seems like a main event for SmackDown. It seems like a main event for main event. I I just, I'm not intrigued by this, Love fest, 
my man doesn't like me anymore, so I'm going to get a new boyfriend, and my ex-boyfriend has some lady who's dressing like me, so my boy ex my boyfriend's gone because he got beat up, but now I'm getting cornered, and now my boyfriend's back, and it's going to be trouble. Hey now, hey now, my boyfriend's back. I mean, like basically, that's that's what it seems like to me. I'm not I'm not interested. I'm not intrigued. And this match, I mean, it's sad to say, this match may be the bathroom break match of the night for me. Not because I, li- I like Rusev, I like his character, you know, and I like Ziggler. You know, he's he's going down. His stock is decreasing to me, but I, I like I like Ziggler. I'm not going to say I dislike Ziggler, but I am not interested at all in this feud. If it was a mixed tag match, now I know that Dolph Ziggler has his fair share of mixed tag matches, but actually this one makes sense. If it was a mixed tag match, I think it'd be I think it'd make more sense to me just because Ziggler's been gone for a few weeks. And Lana and Summer Rae's been doing most of the carrying of this feud. And for them just to be in the corners of Ziggler and Rusev doesn't make any sense. If it was actually a mixed tag match, I think that the feud would have a much better layer to it. And it would actually be interesting because we would see Lana wrestle for the first time in WWE. And... It'll, it'll just bring more intrigue to the feud, We're, us anticipating Lana actually wrestling. But, unfortunately, we don't get that. We just get simply Ziggler and Rusev. So, I, I'm just not interested. It almost seems like we're in high school again, all the drama that's going on. And honestly, I don't think Rusev and Ziggler is going to be a bad match itself. It's almost... The build-up to it just seems so juvenile and just ridiculous. Uh, Rusev, Ziggler, you don't know. I mean, what could happen out of this? I mean, leave the diva part behind. Forget about that. But the two of them together could almost spur a really good match as long as the the ladies just stay away, which probably won't going to happen. It's not going to happen. WWE is going to somehow screw this up, too, just like they have the build of this feud because it's just an absolutely... Horrible. Like you said, it's like almost it's it's like high school. It's my boyfriend, and I'm going to get back at you, and almost like baby mama. How could you do this? We're going to get revenge on you, and I'm going to kiss your ex in front of you. And it's it's stupid. It's ridiculous. But the two going against each other, Ziggler and Rusev, could ultimately be a great match because these two really have nothing else going for each other. It's just the build up to this has been absolutely ridiculous and juvenile. So the match itself, yeah. I think, I'm good. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, you know, they've done Ziggler versus Rusev on Raw and SmackDown numerous amount of times, so we're going to see a good match. You know, this is not a unique or a, you know, a first-time match. So all the other times, it's been a good match, so we're going to see it this time, too. But, you know, SummerSlam... Something that you've been doing every, you know, week after week on Raw and SmackDown, and we're gonna, you know, I'm supposed to be interested in watching just them go against each other one on one on SummerSlam. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not interested. 
Jose Lothario is the correct answer. Two-point question. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a two-point question because it's two uh, two people. Who did Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake defeat at SummerSlam 89? Who did Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake defeat at SummerSlam 1989? Next, we have Ryback uh, and, and, and Miz. Yeah, I mean, it... I don't know if I, – I just hope that they just continue to push the momentum of Ryback because it just seems like his momentum is kind of decreasing a little bit when he was gone with the staph infection. I think his momentum was getting very good, you know, for for a while there, especially after he won the Intercontinental Championship because people weren't expecting him to win it when he won it in the Elimination Chamber. And so – he was starting to build some momentum. I just don't, you know, at first I was like, yeah, the Big Show is a good person for him to compete against. But I, I think one of the reasons why the momentum is decreasing is because that's another match that does not draw much interest. A, a, a triple threat match with Big Show and Miz. Now, you know, it's one of those things that if I'm going against something uh, if I'm going to get someone in a match at least draw some intrigue that I might lose this match just so I can draw a little bit of suspense and when I win it it, it has that the, the feeling is that much better but Big Show being Intercontinental Champion or Dolph, uh, or, or, or The Miz being Intercontinental Champion neither of those no one cares about, and as far as becoming Intercontinental Champion, so Ryback's retaining the championship would just make sense. But I just hope that he gets better builds uh, coming up. I mean, him and Kevin Owens would be a good uh, Intercontinental Championship uh, feud. People who can go because Ryback is also increasing in the ring. He, he's he's improving in the ring. I think that's good. I'll be okay with them revisiting Bray and uh, and Ryback. They only did that for one month, and Bray won. So there will be a good time for them to come back and want the Intercontinental Championship. Um, there's there's people that would draw a much better feuds for him than The Miz and The Big Show. These are, these are two people that doesn't draw any interest anymore from the fans, especially The Big Show. And as far as The Miz is concerned – you know, another person that doesn't really draw much interest. I mean, he's a solid heel mid-carder, but he, he's not someone that want, someone really cares about when it comes to wanting to win an Intercontinental Championship. Hey, he's not, and that's sad because the Intercontinental Championship doesn't have so much prestige, but it's been rusty in the past few years. And the Miz just, he's almost hit his cusp of what he can do with the WWE. I mean, he always comes back. He's got his little show. and his, But, again, the Miz, his best part of the past couple of years was when Damian Sandow was mocking him, making fun of him that whole time and yeah. doing that whole assistant thing. And the Miz just, other than that, the Miz needs more people to play with to make him great. He needs someone to play off of. He 
doesn't have that, especially with Big Show and Ryback. They're just not those type of people for the Miz to cling on to. And honestly, the three of them, Ryback's still the best bet for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Now, why would you give it to Big Show? The thing won't even fit around his waist, and he's been there for so long. Forget about it. And the Miz, he's had it new times. It's just, yeah, again, the Miz just, he's a stalemate. He can carry a show, but he, you know, I wouldn't put him in the main event ever. Yeah. Two-point question. Who did The Undertaker defeat at SummerSlam 2002? Who did The Undertaker defeat at SummerSlam 2002? Next, we have John Chena and Seth Rollins, uh, the contract signing. Yeah, Cena did a good job hyping the match. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a little bit more intrigued just because of the potential ending of this match, which we may actually see. However, this match is not the main event, so that might throw the idea that I have off the table, possibly, but we'll see. Plus, since it's not the main event, you know, it being a title for title match, I wonder if we're going to see some type of, you know, uh, a dirty finish. So it's you know, there's some interest about it as far as if one person will actually be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion and U.S. Champion. Plus, since we're probably going to see Cena and Rollins again at Night of Champions, which I don't want to, but we probably will. A clean finish for for this match. I just I'm, I'm doubting more and more that we'll actually see a clean finish for this match. Probably not. I don't see a clean finish. I don't see the John Cena taking the title. I don't see Rollins giving it up at this point. Uh, it's just going to kind of drag out. I mean, they can, what else really do they have to do with Seth Rollins? I mean, there's not much you can do with him. Bring John Cena, give him the championship belt again. Big deal. No one's going to care. No one really wants to see that happen. All the props to the Cena and Rollins, but, I mean, it's just, again, like I said, stalemate. It's just at a stalemate at this point. Rollins, they have to figure out some somebody to take the belt from Rollins and make it that much great to make Rollins look like, hey, he was a great champion. I finally took this from him. But I don't see that happen at SummerSlam. None of the champions. I mean, you know, what was it, last year, none of the champions? There wasn't even a single belt that changed hands or something. I, I, I kind of remember that. But yeah, the the match itself just doesn't interest me at all. I still can't see why SummerSlam's four hours long. I mean, there's going to be so much filler in that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot of filler in that. It just they usually have it's the same amount of matches that they usually have typically throughout the, throughout the year, throughout the years. But I mean, are we? I understand that they're getting a lot of buzz with ESPN and a lot of media buzz. But it's it's like, you know, it's like the people who got the WWE Network not for free. You know, it's it's like you're giving all these free months, but what about the people who's had it since, you know, the first year? I think I got the network, you know, months after it debuted. So I was one of the original batch people, basically, 
And it's like, you know, for, for someone who's had the network for as long as I've had, what about just randomly saying, hey, free month for you, you know, for being a a loyal WWE Network subscriber. And it's and it's like that. It's like, you know, you're having this go on, and what about the people who, <laughs> you know, are loyal to, to to the product? We don't want to see this. You know, you're giving all this media buzz for all the casuals who probably won't watch another pay-per-view for the rest of the year but what what about us loyal fans that will watch every pay-per-view for the rest of the year even if it stinks up the place so that's my gripe about that and if you're going to make this for four hours i mean basically it's the it's the exact same as wrestlemania it's the exact same time as wrestlemania so I understand the glitz and the glamour. I get it. As to the spectacle, I'm I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with you know elaborate entrances for you know SummerSlam. That's one of my favorite parts of WrestleMania, just to check the entrance, the elaborate entrance. You know what's the entrance going to be for this person this year? That's one of my favorite parts of WrestleMania, just because it's a it's it's an entertainment spectacle. I I get it and I like it. But it's like the builds have been so lackluster, and since the builds are so bad, the anticipation is low, so the entrances won't have the same effect. Like, for instance, Sting versus Triple H, one of the best builds of the entire year. It was an amazing build from the very first time Sting came last year at Survivor Series to, you know, the him not coming every week, that kept his mystique, you know, Triple H playing the, the, the fear card, I, amazing, amazing build. And then it made the entrances that much better, although I think I wasn't a big fan of Sting's entrance. I don't know if it was because it was in broad daylight, which hurt WrestleMania being on the West Coast, because people like Bray and, and and Taker to an extent and Sting, they you know their entrances weren't as impactful as it would have been if it was on the East Coast or and somewhere or in a dome. So yeah, but it still made the entrance elaborate. It still made it exciting. So I just I don't know what these four hours are going to be. <laughs> it, it just like you're right. It just seems like a lot of it's going to be filler. That's unfortunate. Next question. Uh, test is the correct answer. Great job. Next question is a one point question. Who did Brie Bella lose to at SummerSlam 14 last year? Who did Brie Bella lose to at last year's SummerSlam? Next we have Sasha Banks defeating Nikki Bella. Uh, totally, you know, okay with that. But it's interesting that uh, the NXT champion, which she'll probably lose against Bailey, and Bailey's my favorite NXT diva. Diva, I definitely I'm going to be excited when Bailey wins the NXT championship. But Sasha Banks winning, you know, against Nikki Bella was very interesting. Making her, you know, getting her in the uh, 
the bank statement, and, and so I mean, they're giving them a chance. You know, they're giving the Divas a chance. They're having Becky win, Sasha win. They're having the more established Divas put them over. But again, you know, what's the payoff? We're still not seeing anything dealing with the Divas Championship. We have to see a Divas title at Night of Champions. So, you know, who's going to be that person? Who's going to be that person to, you know, go against Nikki Bella? Will it be a triple threat match? Will they, will Stephanie Man force the Divas to implode and have some type of triple threat match for PCB and another triple threat match for Team Bad to go against, you know, to go against uh, Nikki Bella? That could be the case, but at the end of the day, it's like you, like I said, you're still thriving and striving to be Divas champion. So who's going to be, who's going to rise, and who's going to be lost in the shuffle? Uh, lost in the shuffle. We hope that this new revolution of the Divas is just going to again wipe out the old Divas. I'm done with the Bellas. This could be their swan song. Goodbye. See you later. Go join forces somewhere else. Probably not. But, uh, you know, you want Charlotte. You want Becky Lynch. One of those to eventually, in the next couple pay-per-views, be champion or maybe not be champion, but at least really uh, turn heads and make this thing something worthwhile. I mean, the Bellas for me has just been an absolute abomination in this wrestling. That's how I feel. I think that's how pretty much everyone feels. So, I mean, the Divas is still up in the air. I think this revolution is just going to absolutely destroy the Bellas and make SummerSlam that much better. And honestly, the last hour of SummerSlam is probably going to be the Undertaker's interest. I'm going to say that right now. Undertaker is going to take up an hour to come out, which I'm totally fine with because that would be better than any filler that they've got coming. Do we do we see the druids? We see the druids, and I'm fine with that. And one of the druids should be Kane. And Kane takes his robot and sets the stage on fire, making an inferno match between Brock Lesnar and the Undertaker. And the Undertaker leaves with his guns ablazing. There you go, an inferno match against uh, someone who does not have any type of. Uh, upper body gear uh like Kane and uh the Undertaker uh for uh, a a good part of his career he had the 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 not not the tank top so to speak but he had the actual shirt um so yeah it's uh very interesting to see if that if that would happen i doubt it because the only thing that would be able to be set on fire would be Brock Lesnar's trunks and I'm sure that his sponsors wouldn't be happy about that. So, no Inferno match involving Brock Lesnar. All right, Stephanie McMahon is the correct answer. Next question is a three-point question. Three-point question. Speaking of The Undertaker, who were the members of the Rest in Peace match at SummerSlam 93. Who were the members of the Rest in Peace match at SummerSlam 93? 
Next we have Paul Heyman with Brock Lesnar in-ring promo. Lights go off, and the Undertaker takes Lesnar out. Uh, very, very interesting gif here on uh, com. So how was your year? A, a masked cane says to a biker Undertaker in a cast. Very interesting there. Uh, I mean, good, good setup. You know, this is this is uh, an interesting build for for SummerSlam. It's again, it's one of those things that Undertaker got an advantage right before the pay per view. He did the same thing at WrestleMania. He, you know, did the whole striking, you know, Brock Lesnar's hand with the pin, choke slamming him through the table, doing the contract signing, but. That was ill-fated because he lost and the streak ended. So the, with the Undertaker, you know, doing the the low blow and and, and the uh, the tombstone and taking Lesnar out, it just makes me wonder if uh, Lesnar's going to beat the Undertaker again. And I'm like, man, all these pay-per-views that the Lesnar's beat the Undertaker, he beat him. Uh, I think it was No Mercy. Or I think it was like a a Hell in a Cell match they had, and a biker chain match they had, another pay-per-view, uh, Taker lost. And then, of course, uh, WrestleMania last year, Taker lost. So it's like, in singles in singles pay-per-view matches, uh, Brock Lesnar is 3-0 and against The Undertaker. So to say The Undertaker has a, has a kryptonite would be very unfortunate you know, for the mystique and the just the thrill of the Undertaker character. So I I really hope, and, and we'll get to predictions here soon, but I really, really hope that this isn't, you know, some type of uh, sign that, that Undertaker's going to lose again. He really can't lose again if he does, and the Undertaker should never come back. Just for the fact that Brock Lesnar defeated him on all fronts, and that's it. So I'm I'm pretty confident that the Undertaker will win. Just to, uh, Brock has to lose sometime. He has to lose. He can't always be the winner. That's it. So I think the Undertaker is going to take this one, walk out with dignity, and goodbye Undertaker forever. Might not always be the case, but I think that's you know what else can you do? I mean, Undertaker beats Brock Lesnar, finally puts his foot in Lesnar's mouth and says enough is enough. I'm going to show you I am the man. This is my yard. This is what I do. And that's it. So Brock Lesnar goes to the night stamp. He's just going to have to rebuild. I mean, his stature. I mean, he, the guy's a brute. And he goes in. He takes care of business and he's done. But he can't always win. So the Undertaker has to win this one or else it's curtains for the Undertaker. Yeah, and even if and yeah, exactly, and even if Brock Lesnar loses this match, that that would do absolutely nothing to his character. Nothing. Because one, it's The Undertaker. Two, it's The Undertaker. And three, it's The Undertaker. So there's, Brock Lesnar losing this match does absolutely nothing to the dominance that he's had over the past couple of years. Does nothing. Because he's won so many matches, he's been so dominant, and he loses to The Undertaker after ending his streak. There's nothing to hold your head down about that at all. So there's no reason why Brock Lesnar should win this match. But we'll get to the prediction soon uh, after Flavor of the Week. 
And we have another question that is two-point question. Why did Ken Shamrock, uh, well, uh, Giant Gonzalez and The Undertaker were part of the Rest in Peace match. Uh, Two-point question, why did Ken Shamrock snap in his match against the British Bulldog? Why did Ken Shamrock snap against his match with against the British Bulldog, SummerSlam 1997. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. So, 27 times we have experienced the biggest event of the summer, the second biggest pay-per-view of the WrestleMania calendar year, SummerSlam. Absolutely memorable stuff about SummerSlam. What is very interesting about SummerSlam is that out of the 27 showings that we've had since the inception of the SummerSlam event, over half of them, have resulted into the Intercontinental Championship changing hands. Very, very interesting stat there. And like I said before, out of the first the first seven years, six of them, the Intercontinental title changed hands. The first five years, actually 88 to 92, and then 94. And then from 97 to 2002, each year, the Intercontinental Championship changed hands. So, and then uh, it was two big, two six-year hiatuses from 2002 to 2008, and then from 2008 until last year. So, 88, the Ultimate Warrior won. 89, the Ultimate Warrior. 90, the Texas Tornado. 91, Bret Hart. 92, British Bulldog. 94, Reza Ramon, 97, Steve Austin, 98, Triple H, 99, Jeff Jarrett, 2000, China, 2001, Edge, 2002, RVD, 2008, Santino Morella, and 2014, Dolph Ziggler. So out of those title changes, Derek, which one stands out to you the most? My absolute favorite has to be when Bret Hart beat Mr. Perfect in 1991. For me, SummerSlam 91 was probably the best SummerSlam that I can remember for myself. The whole show just embodied absolute perfection. And I would, But again, after that, you had Wembley Stadium where British Bulldog beat Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Championship that he had held on to that whole year, I believe. And it's almost like it's... 1991 was such a pivotal moment in wrestling. And the SummerSlam in 91 with Mr. Perfect, and it was almost... Um, I think it was Bossman was almost embroiled in a feud with uh, the Heenan family at the time. I think it was WrestleMania seven, not to go off topic, that he uh, defeated perfect to beat everybody in the Heenan family, but just the actual Bret Hart being the Intercontinental Champion at that time, beating Mr. Perfect, 
just made the Intercontinental Championship that much greater in my eyes. At that time, with Bret Hart being the up-and-comer for that generation, the new generation of the WWE. So to me, that was actually, that was my favorite title change. And yeah, I like the Honky Tonk Man having the open challenge in 88, the Ultimate Warrior comes out, the squash match. But honestly, that was my favorite was, like I said, Bret Hart beating Mr. Perfect in 1991. Absolutely. And yes, the correct answer is because Bulldog uh, smeared... uh, him with dog food, which is, I remember seeing that like it was yesterday. I remember watching that to SummerSlam um, live, and uh, it was, I was pulling for Shamrock, but uh, that was a very interesting uh, ending, which seemed like there was some shootness to that. It was very interesting. But yeah, I I have to go with, with to, for, for me too, for I was a big. I was always a big Kerry Von Erich fan. I was uh, there was something. There was something so charismatic about Kerry Von Erich uh, that I just. I was so happy when he uh, won the Intercontinental Championship in 1990. Uh, that I just. Rem- I remember you know him from World Class. I was. I was a big fan of World Class when I was growing up and. I was a big fan of Kerry Von Erich, and so when he came, you know, to the WWE and and uh, and, and won the Intercontinental Championship, I was I was a big fan of that. And then number one, without without a doubt, and of course, Ultimate Warrior winning the Open Challenge in '88 was good, and of course, winning it again from Rick Rude in '89. '91, uh, you're right, Bret Hart and Perfect. Well, that was one of the best. Intercontinental Championship matches ever. The latter match between Triple H and Rock was was uh, was awesome, very memorable. But the one that stands out to me more than any of them, Wembley Stadium, 1992. The main event for the SummerSlam pay-per-view was Bret Hart and accompanied by Lennox Lewis. The British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Oh man, Wembley Stadium. Just first of all, it's it's out of the country. It's it, it's a SummerSlam event out of the country, and it's in the Wembley. It's in the hometown of British Bulldog, which makes the main event for the Intercontinental Championship. That is, that is just to me. That is something that can never be duplicated. Uh, nowadays, for the nowadays, you would never see the Intercontinental Championship main eventing a SummerSlam card ever. You wouldn't even see that main eventing a, a minor pay per view on the WWE Network. But just for that to, to to main event the card was just. Absolutely amazing to me. The match was, you know, nearly half an hour long, and just the it was, you know, Bret Hart trying to do a sunset flip, and British Bulldog changing it to, you know, uh, a, a package roll up type of, you know, uh, folding folding the Bret Hart. 
it was just oh it was absolutely amazing to me and to me there there's not there there's no SummerSlam Intercontinental Championship match better than that that was absolutely amazing all right ladies and gentlemen let's get to SummerSlam predictions Dolph Ziggler against Rusev who you got Derek I've got Dolph Ziggler absolutely what are what is the uh let's see here what what are the 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 uh, point totals let me know the point totals right quick uh because I can maybe do a uh tiebreaker i'm not I'm not quite sure of the score right now uh let's go with uh let's go with Ziggler as well uh actually you know what I'm going with yeah Ziggler Ziggler uh, team Bella against Team Bad against PCB. Who you got winning that? I got Team Bad. Um, I th- I'm going to go with Team Bella just because I think that uh, I think that Nikki may because they've been taking falls so much and they lost. Uh, you know, Nikki lost on Raw. I, I think that uh, we'll see Team Bella. Uh, the arrows against the cosmic kings. Who you got winning that? Uh, obviously, the arrows are probably going to win. The cosmic kings should win. The arrows are going to get it. Yeah, I agree. Just because Stephen Amell's in the match and just you know he's he's a celebrity. Owen Cesaro. I've I've got Owen, which is horrible, but I honestly think that they're going to keep plugging on him. Man, I really want Cesaro to win this match, but the only thing is, there you know the the the, the match that they're going to have you know on NXT Takeover the night before. I don't see Kevin Owens winning that match. I don't I don't see I see Finn Balor keeping that match, uh, keeping the title. So because of that, you know I don't see Owens losing two nights in a row. So ugh, uh, it's reluctantly, I hope I'm wrong on this. I like having my predictions every week but I mean every every month I like my predict my predictions being hundred percent but I'm gonna go Owens reluctantly. PTP versus Los Matadores versus the Lucha Dragons versus New Day. Who you got? I've got New Day and Matadores win. It's a fader four way match for the uh, tag team championship. You got two winning? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were together. Wasn't that men or not wrong? Hey, anyway, so, yeah, I think the New Day are going to pull this one out. If that if it comes down to that, they're the winners. Yeah, absolutely. There's a two-point difference in the uh, in the last question. Let's do this. Uh, let's do a three-point question. Three-point question. Who was the special referee of the Hogan Warrior versus Slaughter, Mustafa, and Adnan match, SummerSlam 91? Real quick. Um, all right, so next we have Wyatt's. Uh, yeah, I got a new day winning as well. Wyatt family versus uh, Ambrose and Reigns. Who you got? I've got Ambrose and Reigns winning. I do as well. Cena versus Rollins. Winner takes all. I, yeah, it's going to be a draw. No one's going to come out the victor in that. I got a dirty finish, man. Something's going to go on. I still got Sheamus cashing in for some reason. Right back against Show and Miz. Intercontinental Championship, who you got? Uh, I've got Ryback retaining. Absolutely, Ryback. Uh, Orton versus Sheamus. 
I've got I've got RKO winning. I think they're going to put that on him. I've got Sheamus last week uh, last year. All right, quick, real quick, Lesnar Taker. Who you got? I got the Undertaker. And as my boy Tay Long would say, the Undertaker. Absolutely, I got to take her winning, man. I got, I got to do it. Uh, Sid is the correct answer. So great job uh, on that. Fantastic trivia, fantastic show as always. Thank you so much for continuing to make Power Pancakes and Power Sam's the amazing show that it is. Episode one hundred seventy-seven in the books. Enjoy your SummerSlam. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a good time. You know, even if the matches are going to be not very good, it's going to be a great time. So, until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling, and God bless. Enjoy SummerSlam. Good night. Goodbye.